Hello, and welcome to this Missing Links episode of Biota. I'm Phil Gibson. Let's start this episode with a question. What do the largest, tallest, and oldest living organisms on Earth all have in common? Answer is, they're all trees. I'll tell you about the largest, tallest, and oldest trees later. But before that, let's ask ourselves the question that we're going to answer in this episode. What exactly is a tree? Trees are one of those things that you know when you encounter one. A small pine in a serene bonsai garden, or a massive magnolia resplendent with flowers, they both appear very different from one another. But they both evoke the concept, the essence of a tree that we instantly recognize. But what is it that gives them that certain treeness? Well, that's the topic we're going to branch into for this Missing Links episode. Trees. We need to start by having a simple working definition of what a tree is. In my lab and several of the labs I've worked in, we define trees as long-lived, woody perennial plants, typically having a single large main stem called a trunk and branches coming off of it. That definition doesn't exactly fit every case of what we call a tree, and I'll get to some of those exceptions later, but it gives us a place to begin. To understand what it means to be a long-lived woody perennial, we first have to think about how plants grow. Plant growth occurs in localized regions called meristems, where new cells are produced by mitosis. At the tip of each growing stem or twig on a plant is a shoot apical meristem that adds new cells onto the tips of the stem as it gets longer. This is how plants get taller and branches grow. Below ground, there are also root apical meristems on the tips of each root that grow into the soil searching for water and nutrients. The shoot and root apical meristems control elongation of the stem or root, which is called primary growth. Now, when stems become thicker and their diameter increases as they produce wood, that's called secondary growth. Secondary growth is due to a meristem called the vascular cambium. Let me next explain where the vascular cambium is and how it works. When you cut the trunk of a tree like an oak or a pine, it looks like a circle with a series of concentric rings inside of it. The outermost ring is bark, and it contains living phloem cells that transport sugars, as well as cork cells that protect the tree. Most of the trunk, however, is wood found inside of that ring of bark. Wood is made up of xylem cells. Their cell walls are reinforced with material called lignin, and it's incredibly strong. Unlike phloem, Xylem cells are dead and hollow, which allows them to transport water up the plant to the leaves. Between the xylem and phloem is a ring of living cells. It's just a single layer of cells and they form the vascular cambium. When these cells divide and produce new cells towards the outside of the stem, that cell becomes a new phloem cell. If the new cell is produced towards the center of the trunk, it becomes a new xylem cell. Plants with a vascular cambium live for several years producing a new layer of xylem each year. Botanists call plants that live for multiple years perennials. This is in contrast to plants that live for just one year, which are called annuals. Because trees in some areas go dormant during the winter and completely stop or at least slow down their growth, their trunks produce what's called a growth ring each year. It's a ring of wood that was produced during the growing season, and the way the cells are produced makes a visible ring of xylem each year. 
Counting the rings of xylem inside of a tree trunk can be used to age and learn other things about a tree. Now, in case you're wondering, biologists called dendrochronologists have specialized tools that they can use to get tree ring data from a tree without cutting it down. So it is possible to age a tree without killing it. Now that we understand plant growth, we can say that secondary growth and production of wood are traits that most trees have. Trees like oaks, pines, maples, spruce, junipers, and many others produce wood, and it's produced by the vascular cambium. But there are exceptions. Take palms, for example. Palms growing on a tropical beach are definitely trees, but they don't produce wood. You see, palms and similar trees are members of a group of plants called monocots. Monocots don't have a vascular cambium, so they can't make wood. Instead, palms and other monocot trees reinforce their stems with fibers and other structures which make them strong enough to support these tall plants and their massive leaves. Wood or no wood, these big plants are definitely trees, and that brings us to the next feature of trees, their size. There's no specific height requirement for being a tree, but foresters do define trees as plants that are at least 13 feet tall who have a stem diameter of at least 3 inches at a height of 4.5 feet above the ground. Now that definition fits pretty well for what most people would consider a tree. Woody plants that are smaller than that are typically called shrubs. The leafy part of a tree is called its crown, and the crowns of multiple trees in a forest make up what's called the canopy, or the overstory of a forest. Smaller trees that grow in the shade below the canopy are what's called the understory. In some tropical forests, there are extremely large trees that are much taller than all of their neighbors. They're called emergent trees because they emerge from the canopy. So, there's at least one trait that does apply broadly to trees. They're tall. Now, some trees take this secondary growth and height idea to the extreme, which allows them to be incredibly large, old trees. For example, the oldest confirmed organism living on Earth is a bristlecone pine in California named Methuselah. It's almost 4,900 years old. I've never seen Methuselah personally. Like many of these exceptionally large trees, its location is a guarded secret. But I have been around other trees that were well over 1,000, 2,000 years old. It's hard to describe, but there's just something incredible about being in the presence of a living thing that's that old. It blows my mind to think about a tree like Methuselah and others that must be out there, starting out their life as a seedling when humans were just beginning to construct the pyramids in Egypt. And for all those thousands of years of human history, while empires rose and fell, it's always stood there, silent on a mountainside, as the time and seasons passed. Now for height, the tallest tree is a coast redwood named Hyperion. This tree was discovered in 2006, and it's been measured at 115.85 meters tall, which is about 380 feet. Its location is also a highly guarded secret. But you can go see massive trees in the redwood forests of coastal California. One tree in particular named General Sherman is a giant sequoia that has the largest stem volume of any tree on Earth. This 2,700-year-old tree has almost 1,500 cubic meters of stem volume. That's half the volume of an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Now, everyone should experience the redwood forests if they can. They're unbelievable, and walking in their presence makes you feel like you're stepping back in time. This brings us to the last characteristic feature of trees we'll consider, and that's their stem. Most trees have what we call a trunk, a single large woody stem that branches in its upper regions. 
or in some species that might branch really close to the ground. However, there are some amazing exceptions. A common species in some parts of North America, particularly in the Mountain West, is the quaking aspen. Aspen are known for their smooth white bark and rich green leaves that wave in even the slightest wind. In the fall, aspen leaves change to vibrant oranges and yellows. When you drive through the mountains to view this incredible sight, one thing you immediately notice is that all of the aspen trees in an area seem to change the same color at the same time. It can be a small cluster or a huge swath across a mountainside. Aspens do this because they grow as clonal clumps. What appears to be separate trees are actually different stems of one giant plant connected underground by their roots. And lots of different species are capable of doing this. The ability to pull off this neat trick of clonal growth is what has allowed an aspen tree named Pando to claim the title of largest living organism on Earth. The name Pando means I spread, and does this plant ever. Pando spreads over 108 acres, that's about 44 hectares. It's estimated to have over 40,000 stems that are all attached to a common rootstock. Unfortunately, we can't count rings in the roots like we can with a stem, but other methods of aging Pando indicate that it is incredibly old. Individual stems live for about 100 or so years, but their common rootstock is estimated to be somewhere between 10,000 and 14,000 years old. That means that the seed that gave us Pando, it germinated just as humans were figuring out how to grow their own food, and it's been growing ever since that time. And one more thing, Pando is estimated to weigh over 6,000 metric tons, which means that it also holds the record for being the heaviest organism on Earth. Like all of the record-setting trees I've described, and many, many other trees in forests around the world, Climate change, habitat destruction, overharvesting, and other human forces are threatening the health, stability, and survival of forests and trees. It goes without saying that there are a lot of folks out there who are desperately in need of a lesson from the Lorax if we're going to protect forests and the trees in them. All right, let's summarize what we've covered. There isn't one single definition that will work for all trees. There isn't a single gene that we can identify and say, yes, that's what makes a plant a tree. The tree growth form has evolved many different times in plant evolution. There are some features that are common to most plants we think of as trees. All trees are perennial. Most produce wood. Most are tall and have a single large stem. But, and I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say this, there are always exceptions in biology. Trees contribute to important ecological processes in biomes around the world. So next time you're outside, take time to enjoy appreciate, and even thank a tree. I'm Phil Gibson, and this has been a Missing Links Biota episode about trees. From everyone here on the Biota team, thanks for listening, have a great day, and take very good care of your genetic material. Oh, and there's one more thing. Remember that even the mightiest oak was once just a little nut that held its ground. Biota is a production of Under the Juniper Studios. All opinions expressed are those of the author alone. Thank you.